Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, thanks for tuning into the Italian Wine Podcast. Our channels are SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Himalaya FM. We're also widely available on other podcast apps. Our official website is italianwinepodcast.com and that's all one word. If you're using iTunes, feel free to rate the podcast or write a review. Thanks. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monte Walden. My guest today is Giovanni Luigi Brumat from the Cantina Toblino in Madruzzo in the province of Trento in northern Italy. Welcome. That's right. So, Thank Giovanni, uh, the, um, how big is the... Uh, when was the Cantina Toblino, the cooperative, established? The cooperative was established in 1960 by a small group of wine growers. Actually, at the time, there were almost 30 wine growers there, and they tried to develop this winery. And at first, only about table wines based on local grape varieties that were Noziola for the whites and Schiava for the reds. So it was quite an interesting story. Then in the next years, decades, it developed, and the number went up to 600, more than 600, actually, right now. More than 600 growers? Yeah, wine growers. And then we have more than 800 actors, but a particularity of of our cooperative is that we have also a privately owned winery of 40 hectares in front of the main building that is 40 hectares in just one block and is totally certified organic and that allows us to develop a kind of innovation system also for our wine growers and to start the organic conversion back in 2012. Yeah, you've actually got, my figures have got you, you've got 10% of the organic vineyards in yeah. Trento province. Yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. Actually nowadays almost one third of our total actors are certified organic, meaning that we have around 300 actors of organic production. Okay, let's talk about the wines. You mentioned two varieties, they're Nociola, which is why. What are the characteristics of Nociola from your cooperative? Nociola is a very nice um, variety in in my opinion, because even though it's a neutral grape variety, it allows us to do different kinds of wines, starting from an easy-to-drink wine that uh, is quite fresh from the previous uh, harvest, meaning that it undergoes only steel refining. Then we have two other selection wines. One of them is uh, put in uh, oak barrels for six years, which is quite interesting, but the, the thing is that the barrels are very big, so 30 hectolitres barrels, meaning that the impact of the wood is not too strong. This is a dry white Nociola. Yeah, it is a dry white. Then we also have a kind of late harvest uh, Nociola based, uh, but it is still a dry white that undergoes one year in Acacia Tonneau and two years in stainless steel to stabilize the wine and to bring it and make it more integrated. But that's not the Vincento, is it? No, it's not. Okay, tell me uh, about the Vincento. Nociola. Yeah, that's great wine, great sweet wine that this year was named the best sweet wine in Italy by Gambarossa, so it was kind of a really nice award for us. Vincento history starts in the early 20th century, but Cantino Toblino at the beginning, so back in 1965, they started to make the first Vincento of Cantino Toblino, and they brought it to the market seven years later. 
So in 1972, which was great, great Santo and we still have some bottles in, in our uh, winery. But the good thing about Vino Santo is that in recent years the technique to produce it developed. In fact, nowadays it's harvested usually in the first half of October. Then the grapes are put on the gratings for six months. So they're dry, air dried. Yeah, yeah they are dried. Yeah. Natural air dry, usually, because we have two ends that are very important for us. One from Lake Arda, the, that is called Lora, and the other one called Peler from the so, Dolomites. So the one is a cool wind from the mountain and one is a warm wind from the lake. That's right, but the thing is that Lora is a softer wind that gets strength when it goes to the Trento Valley and then Bolzano Valley. When it comes to the Valle dei Laghi, so our place, is kind of soft wind, soft breeze that brings even a little bit of fresh air sometimes. Whereas Palera is a stronger wind and uh, it is very important because some of our soils are clay soil, so they are not too good for drainage. But the good thing is that wind brings dry hair and so on. So and allows it to dry out a little bit. Yeah. What, do you, what would you eat? What is a typical local dish for the Vincento Nociola? For the Vino Santo, it can be paired with almost everything because we also have tried it with a scallop of foie gras uh, with some uh, truffle and uh, it's quite quite nice to like to make pairings but on the other end we, it can also be paired with uh, sweet dishes so desserts like walnut or nutty based uh, desserts which is very very nice and even with uh, some cheeses so what, uh, do you have any local cheeses? Actually, we have some local cheeses, but the thing is that we, with Vino Santo, we look more to like herbal-based cheese or... Blue cheese. With blue the, cheese, yeah. yeah. Blue cheese or grey cheese, yeah. That's right. Uh, so like Gorgonzola or Roquefort or uh, something like that. You so, can't name a yeah. French cheese in the Italian wine podcast. You get, <laughs> get told off for that. Okay, so you mentioned Schiava. No? Schiava is called Vernache or ah, Vernache. Trollinga. Tell me about your red wine made from... Um, what do you want to start with, uh, Schiava or the Rebo? Tell me about your red wine. With Rebo. I will start with Rebo, which okay. is quite important for us. Yep. Meaning that uh, we have two different kind of Rebo-based wines. One of them stays in oak barrels for just 12 months, so it's kind of easy to drink red wine, not too complex. And whereas on the other end, we have another product, uh, again, late harvest, first week of October, with a very particular terroir. Actually, it is not totally rebel because it's 90 to 95% rebel and 5 to 10% other crossings from Reborigotti. Reborigotti was somehow linked to Valle dei Laghi uh, producers and terroir because he was from a small village there and then he worked for a long time in um, San Michele Ladige and also in Conegliano so he worked there as a researcher professor botanist and, yeah. yeah botanist and genetist and he so he created this crossing yeah called uh, you call it Rebo Rebo, yeah, it's a crossing between Teroldigo and Merlot. Very nice varieties. Also a very good variety to make both dry reds and also sweet reds. Because in our area, uh, we do like this kind of uh, dry red and we also do uh, Reboro. There are some wine growers and wine producers that do Reboro, which is kind of sweet wine. We can say licorice wine, but actually it's very, very good. It's an amazing variety. How is it, how is it sweet though? Is it just, do you stop the fermentation or do you pick the grapes a little bit shorter? No, in our case, we just do the dry red. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is that it's late harvest. Then we do a maceration of 22 days in uh, um, trunk conical uh, Tronconic shaped vest. Yeah. Yeah, vests. And then after that, it is it stays in these trunk conical vats and in small parts, so in a smaller tonneau of 600 liters, uh, for at least three years. 
So it's a wine that develops with time uh, without too much tannins because the Rebo is a grape variety that can give tannins, but if you're careful during the maceration and during the contact with oak, you allow a better structure, but not too strong tannins. Mm. Very soft, very smooth. Our entry-level Rebo is easy to drink, not to be kept too much in the bottle, whereas our premium Rebo can be kept in, in the bottle for decades, as it has a really nice structure, really nice body. At itself, it's quite unique because it's a little bit of oxidative character, so it's very complex in terms of primary, secondary, and tertiary aromas. Very nice flavors, spiciness, and uh, chocolate aromas. So, very so how important is tourism to you in your area? It's very important for us because, for instance, uh, we are very close to Lake Garda and to Madonna di Campiglio, so skiing areas. Also, Lake Garda is for like tourism and everything. But the good thing for us is that we also have restaurant in uh, in our winery that is called Osteria Toblino. Therefore, we can give our guests a unique experience tasting wines pairing with really nice local products and foods. So give us give us some local dishes that your restaurant serves, the winery restaurant serves. For instance... And you're by the way, a tall and slim, but I bet you love your food, right? Yeah, I love food. I love food pairing with really nice wines. Go on, go on. So the best dishes, in my opinion, is like a rice risotto cooked with uh, a little bit of Trento Docs, so sparkling wines from our winery. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, with some local herbs that are produced by um, a company called Gua, that is a really small company that produces herbs and mushrooms and other stuff. And then uh, you add a little bit of trout, uh, fresh trout, small pieces. pieces of fresh trout, and it is perfect. And you finish it with a little bit of balsamic aceto. So you, you put it on the plate and it's only a bit of balsamic and that's it. Yeah, just it. some drops of... Yeah. Did, you used to work at, did you used to work in a restaurant? No, I don't. <laughs> but I really love food and uh, I really have very nice relationship with some chefs because I love eating like simple local products but prepared in an innovative and modern way. Go on, give me another of, of your favorite dishes. That you, another and, and one? And what would you pair it with, uh, with the wines from uh, Toblino Co-op? I would say that this risotto that I've just uh, described goes well with our Noziola Largiller, the, the one that stays in six years in the boat in the, the oak vats. And whereas for uh, the Rebo based wine that is called the Limaro, I would say a kind of uh, brasato, but we call it uh, Capello Capel del Prete, which is the name for brasato in Trentino, we can say. Uh, it's so brasato uh, is like a stew, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of red Braised, meat. Braised uh, yeah, meat, yeah. Braised meat Sorry, that is uh, uh, cooked for two or three hours. And, on the bone? Uh, no, not so, on the bone. Okay, no, not on, on the bone. On its own, yeah. Okay. And the thing is that the, the meat then is very, very soft, but kind of sweet spiciness. Uh, juicy. It, yeah, juicy. Very nice pairing with uh, Rebo. Do they, when they cook that, do they add any herbs to it or do they just leave the meat in its juice and that's it? They leave the meat in their juice and they add kind of sweet spices just to develop a little bit of more flavor. And then they prepare the so-called brown sauce to like uh, make it even softer. So in the brown sauce, is it well, like a reduction or? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it kind of 
Sorry. introduction. So there's the juices that yeah. come out. Okay. And then our chef does a kind of uh, topinambur uh, mashed potatoes. Mashed topinambur, I don't know yeah. what's... Uh, topinambur is um, uh, yes, a Jerusalem uh, artichoke. Yeah. And then we add also a little bit of vegetables that are cooked in the slowly in the honey. So they kind of this kind of bitterness with some sweetness coming from the honey. It's a very, very nice plate. It's, it sounds um, delicious and also very sort of simple. In a way. Yeah. Not, not, not <coughs> dishes that have required millions of different stages to do. It's just no, you get right. good ingredients and once it's prepared, you heat it up and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, and, and then just presenting them to our customers in a very nice way with a really nice uh, plate and uh, and things. So. so in terms of the region uh, as a whole, how important is tourism? Because you've got, you know, you've got the France is very close, yeah. Germany is very <coughs> close. It's um, very important because... Milan is fairly close, yeah. a very wealthy city. So yeah. how does that work? It's tourism? very important. In fact, every year we have more than 30,000 uh, people in our winery for lunch or dinner or even just to visit and have a tasting with us. But the good thing for us is that we work closely with some uh, local tourism agencies, hotels and so on. And we are also uh, friendly with uh, bicycle tours and so on, which is very important in the Valle dei Laghi and Lake Garda. There are lots of tourist agencies that uh, allow uh, people, especially German-speaking people, that, to rent a bike and then to have a really nice tour, both for beginners or for experts, meaning that we have a huge passage of bicycles and cars also and so on. You've got a couple of projects going on at the moment in the cooperative. One of them is with uh, Luca Datoma, yeah, that's your right. consultant. And the other one is to do with training yeah, your wine, wine growers, growers, your grape yeah. growers. So can you just explain the project with Luca first, who yeah. is Luca Datoma and what yeah. is he helping you with, and then talk about the vineyard training. Okay, so Luca Datoma is a project that uh, has been created two years ago. Actually, he's working closely with our agronomist and analogist. So it's a project that starts in the vineyard. Uh, so choosing the best grapes and the best uh, vineyards, places, parcels to select the best grapes and to bring them to the winery and then to make outstanding wines. So basically what he's, it seems like he's doing is, is the sort of almost terroir mapping. Yeah, so. terroir mapping and also doing something in the vineyard with our analogist, choosing the best barrels from France and then uh, trying to make some experiments because we also use uh, amphoras that are made by Tava, which is a local producer of amphoras. Then we, uh, we do this, these wines that will be five wines three whites and two reds. The thing is that the whites are made for 70 or 80% in amphoras, 10 to 20% in oak and 10% is still. So they are very, very nice, Very, they will be very complex wines. And the good thing is that amphoras is uh, used for by us not to make natural orange wines, but just to have longer maceration pro processes lasting for seven months or so, just to bring more complexity and this kind of uh, minerality, sapidity to the wine, but not uh, changing the color of the wine. Okay, that's interesting. So you, when you get a little bit more color there, won't you, on the skins? But yeah, not, a little bit. You're not, you're not going for full orange? No, not full orange. It, they just turn a little bit more golden in color. In terms of Luca Datoma, what, give me some examples of what's changing in the vineyard. Is it you're changing the pruning or you're changing de-leafing or what's going on? Yeah, it's changing also the, the approach to the, to the organic farming that we are already doing, uh, but the thing is that is uh, trying to make our agronomists and also wine growers to use other products that 
uh, can be also used by biodynamic producers, not only organic, to have a more environmental friendly and sustainable approach in the vineyard. So you're using like uh, herbal teas, like uh, the tisane, things like that? No, it depends because we mostly use the cover crop and uh, other stuff because luckily we have a really nice climate there, thanks to the winds and to the presence of the lakes that brings a really mild climate, very, very nice. So therefore we don't need to use too much copper or sulfur in the vineyards, even though it's uh, allowed for the organic production. And so the, do you know what kind of cover crops you're sowing at the moment? Yeah, we use different types of cover crops, so legumes and uh, even other kind of flowers, just to increase uh, two things. So the nutrients for the vines. So mainly nitrogen with legumes. Yeah, and on the other side, to allow a better structure of the soil. So organic uh, matter. Substance yeah. organica, so to build soil structure, and these legumes have very fine roots, and they um, create a nice texture in the soil, which is easier for vine makes it easier for vine roots to go dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's right. Because and it's especially important in our both in our valley side and also on the hilly side, because on the valley side we have an alluvial soil, so a calcareous based or even clay and sand based soil. Whereas in the hilly side, on one end, so on the east side, we have more clay and marl also, which is a very soft rock that can easily be cracked by hand and on the side of the dolomites so going west we have porphyry and granite so we have different kinds of minerality and, and different types of soil and all your cover cropping is adapted to which soil type yeah and we change the crop yeah. uh, every time and we do an analysis of the soil and then we choose mm. which type of crop to use so that's all your, Luca Datomo is helping you with that yeah so Luca just if those you don't know, he's got his own winery with his wife on the Tuscan coast it's called Duimani two that's hands two pairs of hands he's a top guy for sensible sort of organic and biodynamic consultancy yeah, keeps, keeps them really simple very very cost effective common sense solutions to easily resolvable problems that um, it's like a stone in your shoe take the stone out and you get you get 10% more quality for minimal effort yeah that yeah that's right yeah. and the good thing for us is that he's also working closely with our wine growers so going back to the second project that we have about training and formation of our wine growers it's very very nice because uh, we usually bring uh, different experts and professionals and professor from uh, university and so on to talk about different topics starting from the viticulture going to the agronomy and knowledge and uh, talking about also innovation so high tech and so on just to bring some uh, new things to our winery and to develop our quality because we are very focused on quality and respect for the environment which is a very important topic nowadays and we invest also a lot of money on it yeah I mean a lot of people People come on this podcast and talk about sustainability, etc. But in this case, uh, Cantina Toblino has been doing it for a long time. You're just fine-tuning now, aren't you? Yeah, that's right, because the thing for us is that we care about people. as a cooperative, we are very focused on the well-being and of our people and the well-being of our vines. So the th- good thing for us is that our wine growers have less than 1.5 hectares each of vineyards, so they care about it by hand and they choose even during the green harvest, so like choosing the best leaves and the best grapes during the maturation and so on. So. But the average size is small, but that's on some quite sometimes some very steep slopes, is that right? Yeah. That's right, because our vineyards goes from 100 meters above sea level on the valley 
up to 750 meters on the hilly side, on yeah, both that, east that, and west. That's extreme. That really is extreme viticulture in terms yeah. of um, you know the solar effect and drainage, obviously, on the hillside. Wind, very dry, arid, difficult conditions. I mean, perfect for vines, but tricky for humans. I imagine a lot of the work is done by hand. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. And the good thing for us is that we also want to keep the tradition alive. So we still have uh, some pergolas, uh, Pergola Trentina, which is the most common, was the most common system for vineyards back in the 50s, I, I would say. Then it changed a little bit in the 70s and 80s thanks to the introduction and success of international grape varieties. So uh, nowadays we use the Guyot for the new vineyards, but we still kept some Noziola and Schiava uh, vineyards with the Pergola Trentina. Great, okay. So I want to say thanks to my guest today, Giovanni Luigi Brumat from the Cantina Doblino uh, in Madruzzo in the province of Trento in northern Italy. A lot of little stories there, the food and the, the sustainability and the organics and the, I think the social side has come through very clearly um, in what you've been saying and the importance of, um, I mean cooperatives are often disparaged um, and sometimes rightly so, but um, in if we think about what's happening with our planet at the moment, having a group of people around you that can offer advice and solidarity uh, can be very reassuring. So, um, And yours is a, is a small cooperative, but a historic one that has got a track record of working really well. Yeah, thank you a lot. Yeah, for yeah, you didn't pay me to say that, that's what I think. And that's and your wines do very well in our um, five-star wine tasting. Thank you a lot, Monty. Tastings, and thank um, you lot. they're winning prizes because they're good wines. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thank a lot. It was really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Buona, buona continuazione. Grazie. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 